I'm Suzanne Andrews and welcome to Tell Me Your Story, the podcast. I believe people walk into and out of our lives for all the right reasons. Some are here to teach us lessons, others to guide us, and the most memorable ones to inspire us. I've invited women I'm inspired by to share their story and empower you to manifest your own story, the one you were born to live. I want you to meet them. They have really good things to share. Joining me today in Hong Kong is editor and freelance writer Suzanne Harrison. Welcome, Suzanne. Thank you, Suzanne. <laughs> okay, I, I met Suzanne 12 months ago at a literary event and planned for her to speak at the next event, but COVID struck and the world changed. and. Just before she leaves Hong Kong, after 20, 21 20 years, years, 20 mm. years of residency, she's agreed to chat with me. So I'm really delighted. Now let's start with you being a kid. Okay, yeah. Suzanne Harrison. <laughs> did you read fairy tales or other books as a child? And what dreams did you have around growing up? Was there a whisper which kept saying, I will be? I did read fairy tales. But I would, I, I suppose they were read to me, and then as soon as I could read, I moved on to more um, adventurous stories. And so that became my default. Although I do remember absolutely loving the little, A Little Princess. Do you remember that book? Yes. Um, and the mystery of the, the real father, and she actually was a princess, and that kind of twist at the end, I suppose. Okay. Um, and I, anything, I would read anything okay. that I could get my hands on. Uh, and I suppose that was the beauty of not having the internet in those days. Um, I was an outdoorsy kid, so we did spend a lot of time running around outside, uh, and I had a lot of dreams, and I lived in a, a lot of dream world myself, to be honest, an imaginary world. Um, not that I wasn't sociable, but I would, could spend a lot of time being bored and be very happy. Um, so yes, that I had dreams. Nice. I was probably, we didn't live a worldly, young childhood, we were Western Australian kids, um, so we didn't really leave Western Australia, <laughs> went to Sydney once, so I wouldn't say I had huge dreams, but I knew there was something out there and I definitely wanted to be a part of it. Okay, so there was nothing specific, but you were just, it was just like life's going to go I in definitely some dreamy want, direction. <laughs> yes, I wanted adventure and I, I remember from a young age, I suppose 12, I always say that my life started when I was about 10. And I think that's because I started to see outside of myself. Your brain apparently does change at that age. Uh, um, and I stopped seeing my universe as the only universe. Mm. Uh, if you look at an eight-year-old, you can see that they'd only see themselves yeah. <laughs> naturally. Yeah. Um, but I remember at 10, everything opened up slightly. I made a new best friend who was much more sophisticated than I was. Uh -huh. And she really blew my mind and introduced me to books, um, imaginary things, and she was a very imaginary kind of kid. And I think that sort of, you know, it takes, like you said, people come into your life for a reason. Yeah. It took uh, a few steps along the way to open my mind up to the wider world. Oh, very nice. Mm. Now, um, at the tender age of 10, did you think that you were going to be the author of uh, The Colour of Thunder, <laughs> your book that no. comes out next year, 1st of Feb 2021, which is the, the thrill-seeking, pacey stuff you like with the twists. Yes, exactly. I suppose that's the adventurous thing. Is that, um, I remember wanting to be a little bit naughty 
And when I say naughty, I didn't want to get in real trouble, but I liked to sort of shock the boys a bit because they all thought that you were girly and I wasn't particularly cutesy and girly. And I was definitely the more scrappy type that wanted to, I can't say the words here, <laughs> but it was the 1970s in Australia. So yeah, okay. you know, the tougher okay. you were. I thought I, I wanted to be tough. I didn't want to be pushed around. Um, okay. And so I think, yeah, I definitely had a, a spirit about me, I suppose. But I was a tiny, skinny little thing. I don't think I really had much sway. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I do remember writing stories because I ran into a girl I was in primary school with from the age of five in an ice cream store in Margaret River when I was about 35. And she, she recognised me and I recognised her immediately. Wow. And she said to me, I, she said to my then young son, I remember your mum wrote a story about a family of toothbrushes when we were in year two and how disappointed they were that they were all stuck together in this toothbrush <laughs> holder. So I suppose I did, that's what I love doing. Oh, that's, that's I remember being seven and loved doing, and loved doing that, so yeah. Have you ever thought about um, writing children's books? Like yes. toothbrushes stuck together yes. and stuff? <laughs> okay. I do, I have. Oh, that but, yeah, I failed. Yeah. Okay. Oh well, there's, you know, there's always tomorrow. <laughs> I've got one. Okay. <laughs> um, you mean a stuck to to? Uh, no, no, I've got a, a kids' or? book, but oh. yeah, it just sits in a drawer. Oh. Mm. That you wrote? Yes. Oh. It's a children's. It's a picture book. Oh. Yeah. Nice. When did you write it? Uh, the same time I wrote The Colour of Thunder. Oh. Yeah. And I and I did send it to a publisher in Australia, Alan and Unwin, and they did contact me and said they liked it, but at the final hour they decided not to go with it. So. Okay. And what's the title? The Fall and Rise of Eddie Frome. Oh! <laughs> it's about it's a naughty boy and it's okay. basically me. Okay. Yeah. So were you a tomboy? I, I was very much, tomboy. yes. But you're yes. very pretty. You must have been the prettiest tomboy I don't in the think block. so. My yes. mum used to cut her hair short, I think, because everyone had headlights and we looked like boys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so cute. Okay, mm. so ba way back then, who was important in your life? I guess that, you know, um, I'm targeting this podcast um, at women, yeah. uh, who would who would you say was the most influential woman or women in your life, or well, was it your dad? I mean, I was talking well, to Lindsay Barty the other week, and you know, her dad had a huge role in her life I'm as well. I'm lucky. My mum's a real character. She wasn't your everyday kind of woman. It's and, you know, it's a shame. In, she was born in the wrong generation. I think she could have done something amazing, but like a lot of women of her generation, she did what she thought was right and got married at 21 and had a couple, couple of kids and. Or a few kids, and stayed at home, and you know, was there for dad to support him in his career. And she she did her own thing for a little while there, but yeah, I, I, I don't I, I don't know. I think the, their opportunities weren't there. So she basically enforced in us that we had to go forth and do something bigger and better than what she had. But oh. she wasn't pushy. I wouldn't okay. say that she, like if I said, oh, I, can't, I don't want to go to work today, she'd say, oh, just don't. <laughs> you know, just stay nice. at home with me. She wasn't, I love that. She wasn't, I wouldn't say she was driven yeah. to push us to make money. It wasn't like that. It was more like live your own life. You don't need a man. I mean, I don't think my mother ever said, have you ever known? She might have said, have you met a nice guy? But I don't think she would ever, they never promoted the settling down of, and meeting a guy is the most important thing. I know that she would have thought it would have been nice, it's not that, yeah. but definitely she wanted us to live our own lives. I, she didn't even have to say it, it was just that I remember her, her blaring, I am woman, hear me roar by Helen Reddy in the car. <laughs> Love that song. And she loved all those songs and I could, that sometimes there'd be a tear in her eye and I think uh, that was a bitterness and a resentment there and, well, you know, I, my, my dad is a wonderful man, but you know the way sometimes they 
expected life to go their way, I would notice that it didn't suit my mother and I'd stick up for her. And uh, I could tell that she quite liked that. <laughs> did, did you, so, do you have sisters? Or I've got an older sister. Yeah. Okay. And she, uh, she was no, way naughtier than I was. Okay. okay. As, a teen, <laughs> as a teenager, which, um, okay. yeah, anyway, she too has got a very strong work ethic and has done ultimately what she set out to do, but it got a long journey to get there. Okay. And I've got a younger brother. Nice. So, mm. um, so it was your mum who was. Most I would say it's mum. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. did grow up in there at a time where a lot of the women didn't work. Okay. Um, well, they did. They were domestic slaves, but you know, they yeah. didn't have jobs, and so I wouldn't say I was surrounded by role models in a career sense. Um, but you yeah. said that she didn't value, you know, money and, and wealth, and she wasn't driven in that way. So isn't that the biggest gift no, that she gave you? I mean, isn't that just wonderful role modelling? Person, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Mm. so you know, thank and you. And she was fun and funny, okay. and uh, and loved people and had friends, and so we were socialised. <laughs> Very nice. Um, yeah. Not everyone is a so you know can can socialise or you know talk to everyone else. It's I mean it's pretty scary for a lot of people. The biggest yeah. fear is public speaking, right? Yeah, so, yeah, um, true. Yeah, so, so good on her. Okay, where was your happy place, Suzanne The Harrison? beach. <laughs> okay, I'm being West Australian. Australian. <laughs> West Australian, very different people. Well, not really at all, but, you know, we like to joke about that. But the beach is my happy place. We had a, we grew up on, on boats and fishing and scurfing, we used to call it, which was kneeling on a surfboard behind a dinghy. <laughs> and, um, yeah, basically my brother's a, he was a junior championship surfer and my dad scuba dived and... Yeah, nice. so we, we were in the water the whole time. Okay. Ex so I never feel quite right if I have to spend a long time landlocked. Okay. Mm. Nice. Were you the cool girl in the group, or the oh, nerd, God. or the one without a label? Did you conform or rebel? So you said your sister was, you know, far worse than you were. But yeah. I mean, I think there's, I mean, I agree with you. It's nice to have a bit of mischief in the mix. I think it was a bit of both. I certainly wasn't the one pushing the boundaries. I would follow that girl. And I loved the naughty girl because I wanted to, but deep down I didn't want to disappoint my parents. Okay. <laughs> so I would only go so far. I mean, you know, I'd sneak around the bike sheds and have a cigarette. And okay. We didn't really do anything that bad. No. Um, but I was not cool, and I certainly wasn't, you know, a laughing stock either. But I was some. I look. I, I suppose I was in the school choir, and I had braces and short curly hair. I wasn't a hot girl, but at the same time. I probably got away with a lot because of my sense of humour and, mm -hmm. you know, I had, like I said, social friends, so yeah. Oh, I don't think any of us were particularly cool. Yeah, no, I, so, was, I wasn't cool. No. I was a nerd. And what mm. advice would you give to the younger version of you? Looking back. <laughs> well, there's so <laughs> Any advice much. or do we just not yeah. listen to advice and, I think there's a and lot. make lots of mistakes, right? There's a lot, but I, I suppose, that, and I, this, I mean, I've often cringed at how this, if only I knew this, and of course, how can you know? Don't focus on finding, and this is happens when you get older. I think I was more driven and wiser at 16 mm -hmm. than I was at 22 or 23 because something clicked in. Now, I don't know if this happens today, I suppose, still does. Clicked in and I thought I needed to get a guy and I should have a boyfriend and I had to conform to what men wanted or liked in a woman. Mm -hmm. And all it takes is one comment from someone like, guys don't like that, or don't be so loud, or, oh my God, did you see, did you hear the way that guy, what he said about me? And you feel that you're not what guys like. Mm 
Yeah. And it isn't, it's something, I mean, it was not that long ago that that was actually something I truly believed, that men had the final say. I really looked up to guys. Mm. I really thought they knew more than I did. Mm. I don't think I did deep down, but mm. somewhere along the line, society gave us that message that men were in charge and that they knew best. And but that was the what I, deep down, I had that ingrained in me. Okay. I don't think it was from my parents. Okay. I think it was society and just what I witnessed and what I saw socially and what I heard other women say to each other as well. Mm, and men say. I mean, there are some bad guys out there that I came across. So. Yeah. Yeah. But it does take time. But it's yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, the bravado, the charm, the the fact that guys. Are, I mean, they're men. You know, they've yeah. got biceps and they've got deep voices and they've got hair or no hair. And yeah, just, we were conditioned. There's something very attractive about that. We were conditioned to to um, play our role. I feel a bit sorry for them that they were playing their role as well. But yeah, some of them probably didn't have particularly nice upbringings either, and were not yeah. nice to women as a result. Got young women, and yeah, I I think if you are uh, outgoing, loud, you know, um, I, I dare I say, I used to, we used to party a lot as well. That kind of girl, you, you put yourself in situations, you're vulnerable. Yeah. Um, and the wrong kind of guy can take advantage of that. Not, not necessarily physically, I don't mean, mm. you know, they'd, they'd hurt you, but mm. yeah, you, you get laughed at or picked on or yeah. put in a situation where you're not the girl that does the right thing. Yeah. Hold on. I remember men saying things like, we're young people, I suppose. Like, she's not wife material. Oh, now, I remember seriously. thinking, oh, shivers, I'm not wife material. Seriously? Well, I actually did hear that and take okay. it on board. Now, okay. that's the advice I would slap myself around the face, um, metaphorically speaking. Okay. If I uh, ever heard that a girl thinks she had to um, evolve into that kind of woman. Okay. But do you think that today women feel too pressured to be the perfect woman? Do you think that now... Um, it's installed in them that they, you know, we're not going to take that and da da da, and that men don't quite know how to read that, and perhaps yeah. some of the the natural stuff doesn't happen because there's all this, I don't, oh, I don't even know what to call it. It's like we're we're living the prescribed role mm. as the the perfect woman. Um, my sister-in-law's counsellor uh, in New Zealand, and recently she. Um, had an art that, that they spoke about her in stuff.co.nz. Uh, the title of the article was The Myth and the Curse of Female Perfection. And basically, um, Jean Andrews said, men are allowed to be glumpy and clumsy and have the dad bod, but underachieving, underachieving women are rarely sympathetic figures in the media. They're typically portrayed as in need of improvement, as objects of ridicule or simply not at all, replaced instead by a superwoman with an impressive career, wonderful partner, beautiful children, magazine-ready house, trim figure, immaculate skin, and scintillating conversation, and let's add in the eyebrow, uh, the eyelashes we were just talking about before because yeah, yeah. we're into them. So women spent <laughs> centuries like. fighting to have the same opportunities uh, as men, but somewhere along the way, women can do anything has morphed into women must do mm -hmm. everything. What's your take on it's that? It's a terrible message, isn't it? Because perfection is just unattainable goal and mm. how th that wasn't an issue perfection when I grew up fitting into a mold of what men wanted or what society wanted was perfection somewhere came along and I remember I'd, I'd long hit my 30s by the time that came along and I'm mortified by it because 
I just find it really boring. Mm. I don't like perfect people. Mm. In fact, I, I'm happy if they are, but I'm certainly not drawn to them. And some of the most interesting women I've ever met are deeply flawed, and, and yeah. I'm, that's the way I like it. Same. I'd much prefer uh -huh. an interesting story or a character or someone that is the opposite of, I, oh, look, I love a beautiful home, don't get me wrong, and I'm yeah. really impressed with the way some women put colour and space together. It blows my mind, but mm. th that's a talent that, that they have and I'm impressed by it but it doesn't have to always look like that or yeah. be like that. I don't care if it's not I'm not yeah. gonna walk in and go oh exactly one of my favorites yeah. is let the ornaments of your house be the people that frequent it so yeah, why you know mm -hmm. why store everything you know in a box or yeah. whatever and it's like the Khalil Gibran thing you know yeah. just why clip your wings and go to the place of security instead yeah. of flying and being but hey it's just there's this <laughs> until you're there you're not there right yeah. well I'm <laughs> like I'm I'm at an age now where perfection isn't at all something I'm yeah. interested in or surrounded by but if I were 25 I have a 22 year old son and the girls are gorgeous and they're lovely and they are mm. very clever I sometimes see I suppose maybe them let, they might let themselves a little down by thinking that they have to be always looking hot or yeah. always. But I mean, I, as a, the mother of the son, I feel like saying they won't even they won't even notice. <laughs> and by the way, they don't expect you to be. No. Because they are certainly far from it. Yeah. And I don't think you know. Of course, men are human. They don't want perfection either. Maybe no. it's another thing media has sold us that yeah. we should just have to ignore. Exactly, it's the chuckle and getting it wrong. Mm. Will Smith was in that movie, you know, where he was the matchmaker, right? He was Cupid. Hitch, Hitch, yes. that was it. Yeah, yeah, Hitch. I love that yeah, because, yeah. you know, it was kind of like, man, he was going, oh, you just do this and do that. But it was mm. the screw ups and it was just everything that went wrong. Well, the kind you know? of guy that wants a perfect woman isn't yeah. the kind of guy you want to be with anyway. That's yeah. absolutely, I'm sure there are some guys out that think like that. Avoid yeah. them, and, yeah. you know, avoid them like the plague. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> if that was a piece of advice, I Okay, to listen, young, say, we're listening, we're yeah, listening. Yeah, 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 yeah You yeah, don't yeah. have to, I mean, remember that old saying, ooh, when I'm, this is the very 1950s, the way to a man's heart is when he comes around, have onions cooking in butter in the pan because you'll walk in and go, ooh, delicious. And now I advise women to do the complete opposite. Okay. I mean, I don't think you should say that you're a terrible cook because, of yeah. course, who doesn't want to sit around and have a lovely meal, make a lovely yeah. meal together? It's part of the joy of, you know, cohabitating. But, um, yeah, it's just but don't, it's, don't aim to please. Okay. <laughs> aim so, to be yourself. Okay, so if 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 you had, if you had uh, you had a, there was a huge billboard, and you could put one thing on it, one message. This is a big question. Um, mm. What would it kind of go like for women out okay. there? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I think you could be famous on the back of that. You could be. You could <laughs> we know exactly what you mean, right? Yeah. <laughs> but we might have to know in what context, whatever. But hey, yeah, I mean, well, after this conversation, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm loving that. I'm loving the answer. This is so cool. Sorry I did say, let's not just get too serious. Mm. I'm loving the swears. Okay, yeah. that's really cool. Um, now, how am I going to suddenly get onto your? Oh, you know what I'm going to do, Suzanne. I'm going Ooh. to stop us there. And for the uh, the last few minutes, um, I am going to get you to pop your hand inside my big floppy hat um, mm, you and could. you get to actually respond to a quote which will kind of get um, 
help us get to know your story as well. And I've, I've actually forgotten to mention, tell me your story. Did I, did I say that at the beginning? Well, tell me your story. story but yeah. yeah, well, this was kind of a way of getting into your story, and it all kind of pops out. I'm a, just I'm a like the, you know, <laughs> the FU, you know, yeah, billboard thing. Did. Okay, so let's give it a go. So um, I've got this gorgeous big floppy hat in front of me from. Um, where did I say it was from? It Italy? was uh, it was Italy, but it was a beautiful place, Monte Pugano, and it's got little things. Uh, it's got lovely little scented uh, rose petals. Mm. Okay, put your hand in there, please. And if you don't like it, you can just throw it on the floor in a very dramatic kind of like do what I feel like, Suzanne Harrison fashion. <laughs> Failure is not the outcome. Failure is not trying. Don't be afraid to fail. Sarah Blakely. Yeah, now she started Spanx underwear, that woman. Oh, wear. yeah. I've never no. worn her. Have you? I mean, I, I want have. to. You have? Yes, I had a nine, I've got a nine-year-old. I was at 42. Spanx have been very handy. Um, I think that is very true. If you don't fail, how can you know what mistakes not to make next time? Okay. It's, it's hard, but yeah, it works. Okay. And, and trying new things does too. I mean, it. Um, I just think the more you, the, the more you, 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 you say, I can't do that. And mm. could you help me, please? It's so hard, though. It's so hard. But the better you get at actually being imperfect, yeah. and uh, as you're saying, you know, yeah, getting learn. on with uh, doing it another way. Another right, one. another one. At least another one, please. In the hat she goes. Not Suzanne, oh, but the, okay. the, the hands, okay. Integrity is choosing courage over comfort, Brene Brown. Mm. Integrity is choosing courage over comfort. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to um, respond to that. Okay. You can choose another one if you want. I don't think that relates to me. I don't, I mean, no, choose another one. I always one. wonder choose what the word one. integrity... <laughs> I mean, I don't see myself... It's kind of pretty not serious, isn't it? I yeah. have a lot of integrity. Okay. Here we go. Nothing splendid was ever achieved except by those that dared believe that something inside them is superior to circumstance. I like that. Bruce Barton. Mm. And now, yeah, I mean, that's true. It's nice to feel there's something special in you. I mean, we all, we all probably have that moment where we realise we're just like everybody else. Yeah. We are, because we are. But having that little nugget of maybe I can do something special or different, mm. it's a really nice little nugget of... of uh, something to cling to, I think. Yeah, it's a determination that regardless of, you know, mm. your circumstances, how um, disrespectful of life and um, good behaviour they are or whatever comes your way, you are the engineer of your future. Yes, yes, You yes. get to make it happen, you know. Yeah, you, I, I, yeah, you know the girl that wrote Wild, what's her name? Um, um, not sure. Well, she, she, I went and heard her speak, so you think I'd remember. I know I'm terrible. And she's wonderful. And she said, you can go a long, long way down and still get your way back up. And I remember thinking, that's true. She said it in a better way than that. But that, it's similar. In other words, inside you, there is something that you can still take those little steps and still find that little nugget of specialness that you had as as a kid. Can you say that again, please? You can fall a long way down or go a long way down, but still make it back up again. Cheryl Strayed. Ah, that's it. Brilliant. Yeah. Fantastic. She has a, um, a wonderful uh, speaking uh, website as well, I think. So. Okay. Um, yeah, so she's, she really did fall in a heap. So <laughs> if she can do it, anyone can. So what happened to her? Well, her mother died and she never really dealt with it. And yeah. she be- actually went into heroin and all sorts of things. And okay. then she walked okay. the trail, South Pacific, something other trail, um, okay. a huge trail, and in her book Wild is about that experience. Nice. Yeah. Okay. 
became an award-winning you know global author and speaker okay so I'm loving mm. the, f the fact that we should be imperfect and insecure and just relish in the fact that we are imperfect gorgeous women all right yes. Tim Ferriss he's one mm -hmm. of my uh, favorite podcasters he says Suzanne uh, if you are insecure guess what the rest of the world is too mm -hmm. do not overestimate the competition and underestimate yourself you're better than you think now I'm going to read this again because I came across it the other day and it actually kind of changed my my thinking yeah because I've always like I've, I look up to many people and I think I, I, I so couldn't do that but then the voice inside goes come on Suzanne you know you can and, and but it's that fear it's just like oh but they're so articulate and and they're just you know I would just screw up but I'll say it again Tim Ferriss, if you are insecure, guess what? The rest of the world is too. Do not overestimate the competition and underestimate yourself. You're better than you think. Mm. What's your feeling about that? Um, and, and your, I, I completely yeah. agree with it. It's Once you realise we're much more similar than we are different, on, especially on the insecurity front, it really calms you down because remember going to those job interviews and people have all these phenomenal degrees from amazing universities that you yeah. could never put on paper and feel the same competitive equivalent of mm. with and actually you get to know them and they they just know better at what they're doing than you and that's this revelation not that they're terrible at it but yeah. that they might have been much better at school than you but actually since then they've, they've learned a lot less and you're all kind of just fumbling along doing the same thing mm. and the underestimation thing I think a lot of women underestimate themselves totally and um, and this my god knows where that message comes from I mean I can think of a million places but it's very easy to be underestimated too by other people if you present yourself with that underlying um, mm. belief and I remember I've gone into jobs or places or socials anyway whatever you call it and I, I know everyone's underestimating me and nothing drives me more forward than feeling like, I'll show you. <laughs> so being yeah. underestimated sometimes yeah. can be a really good driving force to, um, to get you motivated. So yeah. Yeah, I do agree. Mm. I do agree. All right, my dear, um, uh, we're going to have, I'm going to have to wrap this up, unfortunately. It's just starting to get a bit juicy and all of that stuff. It's just yeah. great. And, th and look, I really... Um, I respect the fact that you've been authentic, that seems to be the in word at the moment, but you are oozing with authenticity. I really appreciate you. your honesty. Um, it's been a delight to have you. And uh, to all our listeners out there, um, female or male, um, yeah, take on board what Suzanne said, what we've shared, um, be vulnerable, keep on pushing through, and remember that, you know, there's no one out there better than you yep. because it's about the trust you have in yourself. So, yeah, that sounds a bit corny, but it's true. <laughs> All right, so over and out from... Thank um, you. For, and after telling me your story, have a wonderful evening. Thank you to our listeners. Talk soon.